Welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Cell, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We've got, once again, the returning whale man, and that must mean that we're talking some college football today. Otherwise, we couldn't get this sad sack of crap out of bed. So here we are. Where He's here. We're happy to have him. That's so true. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking a lot of Big Ten action here in the first half of this week's show. Um, you know, Michigan, Michigan State are kicking off their seasons next weekend, so we got to talk about that, as well as the rest of the Big Ten uh, in relation to college football. In part two of the show, we're going to be talking some NBA. We're going to be talking about how the Lakers, not how necessarily, we're not going to be getting into this Jordan-LeBron debate, what's been talked about to death. We're not going there. What we are going to talk about is the state of the NBA now post-Lakers championship victory, what the contenders need to do, what moves that they've already made, and how can the Lakers repeat if they can at all. And then we're going to end the show today talking some new Japan Pro Wrestling. The G1 Climax is officially wrapped up. We have a new G1 Climax 30 winner. We're going to be talking about that just a little bit to end the show today, just to whet your appetite for what we've got going on in the coming weeks ahead. Um, I want to take this moment real quick to remind you guys once again that episode 100 is going to be next weekend. We are super, duper excited. Going to be maybe a little bit of a different show for you guys than normal, um, but we're really excited to bring it to you regardless. So hopefully you guys are sticking around for that. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. If you're still watching us, you're still listening to us for all these times, make sure you like, share, give us a follow on all your social medias and all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. All right, let's do what we do best, guys. Let's talk some college football action here. Michigan, starting. let's just start with Michigan. You know, uh, We talked about them a little bit a couple weeks ago, probably the last time Kyle was here. Um, but Michigan's kicking off, you know, they got a night game against Minnesota in Minnesota, right? It's, you know, we talked about it before COVID hit that this definitely could have been a trap game for them um, going in, especially not knowing what this team was going to look like before they had some, they had some warm up games ahead of time. Now, not so much, right? Joe Milton getting thrown right into the fire right away. This is a big year for Harbaugh. You got a short and condensed season. Um, I mean, how many games are they playing? Seven, eight, eight, eight games, right? So, you know, there, there's a lot less wiggle room where you don't have that three-game buffer just beating the crap out of some random teams before you get into Big Ten play. Um, Kyle, let me start with you. You follow Michigan football better than the rest of us do by by any stretch of the imagination. You know, what are the news and notes coming out of the Michigan football camp before week one? How does Milton look? How does the defense look? Do we have playmakers on the outside? Is Giles Jackson still your favorite player? What do we got going on? Okay, so coming out of kind of what they've had, and obviously there's no, like, real, like, games you can go Yeah, for sure. Yep. But coming out, they do really like uh, Joe Milton. They think he's progressed a lot as being the starter just a yeah. few months ago. Yep. Uh, I think the, the biggest question still is going to be the defense. There's been a lot of movement. Dax Hill was rumored to come come down to corner, but I think he's now officially going to be a safety like he yep. always was. Right. But I think the biggest question you're going to have is going to be that defense, especially going against Rashad Bateman. He's probably the best wide receiver in the um, Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, their experienced quarterback. So I think other than that, I mean, the O-line, you got questions there. You don't know what you're going to have with your new mm-hmm. guys. You had a right. guy left. The, the wide receiver room is relatively new. You have a lot of new guys. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick because you, you lose quite a few guys, right? Yeah. You lost Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? Tariq Black is gone. Um, you know, those those two – I mean, Black is, is whatever, right? But, I mean, you got, you're going to have some new starters now having to play some, some really pivotal roles for this offense, not to mention the fact you have now a new quarterback under center – um, do you think that's maybe one of the reasons why they went with Milton over maybe McCaffrey or anybody else that they have is because of the fact that, you know, we're going to ha- if we're going to be new, let's just be new all over the place and let's let these guys kind of grow together. And with Milton, the fact that he's got, you know, I would say more athleticism than McCaffrey had, um, you know, he's got the legs, he's a bigger guy. Uh, I haven't seen him play, so I can't say that his arm is phenomenal or anything, quite frankly, but, um, do you think that's a reason why they went with Milton is because of the amount of overhaul that they had on the offensive side, especially in the skill positions? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Nico Collins is still on the official roster. He's still officially not off the Michigan team, but, I mean, technically he signed with an agent. But, I was going to say, I was like, I'm like, but when they came yeah. out with their roster for the yeah. season, he's still on the roster. But, anyways. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't come back, honestly. Yeah. Not they actually haven't, you know. Like, I mean, you had a good year, but I wouldn't, it's not like he's going to, he's not going to be a first round pick. Yeah. Or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised he didn't maybe go. Eh, maybe I'll go for my last year. But yeah, um, yeah. But I think there was just more potential with Milton. I think what they had with Milton and the, the new receivers, a lot of mm-hmm. the guys they recruited were a lot smaller, faster yeah. guys. I think that's kind of what they were going in that direction when Milton was more not Milton. Um, 
when McCaffrey more of a pocket passer, yeah. throw it to the big downfield to the big guys. I think that was just kind of the direction they wanted their offense to go in mainly. Right. But I guess we'll just have to see. What talk to me. Out. Talk to me a little bit about what you expect to see in the differences in this offense compared to when Shea Patterson was here. Because one of my biggest complaints was the fact that. You know, I just didn't, even from the very early on when, when he first was the starter, I just didn't feel like Shea was the, like, I, he didn't seem like a playmaker to me, right? I just didn't feel, and he did it so well at Ole Miss that it was it was a little frustrating when he came here and it, it didn't really work. So, for me, and you look at all these teams that are succeeding in college football right now, right? You got Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. He's the biggest playmaker in all of college football. You got guys like uh, Justin Fields who are out there. You know, some of these bigger names that are coming out there where, the quarterback is making this whole team roll where even if your defense maybe is not playing the greatest, maybe you don't have top five talent on the outsides or in the backfield, you're still able to make a lot of plays and the offense is still allowed to be explosive. Michigan hasn't had that on a consistent basis, especially since Harbaugh has been here. So with Milton, I'm assuming that that is the goal is to get somebody who's more of an athlete back there who can do more in the run game, who can do more, who's, you know, this Cam Newton-esque type guy, whereas Shea, I just didn't feel like there, we, our ceiling was so low with Shea, you know, from a, from an accuracy perspective, from being able to to be multiple, I, I just didn't see it. So talk to me about the biggest differences you hope to see week one as compared to what we saw with Shea Patterson with Milton. So the biggest difference that I think, well, what I've heard and what I hope to see is yeah. the decision-making from Joe Milton. I think that's okay. one great thing that Just Fields has is that he knows when to throw the ball. He knows when to run. When to tuck it, for yeah. sure. Yes. And so I think that's that's the that's going to be the biggest thing is when making the throw, when, when <coughs> escaping the pocket, when to run. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that you're going to see is just kind of making the right decisions and not doing those stupid plays that's going to cost you a game when you're playing against Minnesota at night. Right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Now, Mike, I want to ask you kind of a similar question. You're the resident quarterback of the room, and I know that you and I both are – I think I'm the same boat with Michigan where it's like I'm a little skeptical, like kind of I'm waiting to see it before mm -hmm. I really get my hopes up kind of thing because you can read the reports and everyone's like, oh, he's the new thing. But we also thought Shane Morris was going to be the greatest thing ever and look how that turned out. So he can't even do math anymore. So um, <laughs> with that being said, right, you know in the quarterback position a little bit better than Kyle or I do because you played it for so long. Talk to me about what you want to see out of Milton, especially week one. Like, I remember when we watched Shea's first game against mm -hmm. Notre Dame, and they looked terrible for about two and a half quarters before they finally kind of started to pick it up yeah. a little bit, right? It was a new offense, I get it, but what do you want to see out of Joe Milton here? This offense seems to be kind of tailored to what he what he does best. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you want to see out of him? Because he's going to be the key to Michigan's success this year. Yeah, um, I agree with everything Kyle said. To the point of that's what I want to see. Right. I think the problem is I don't think that's what you will see. Okay. Um, I don't think when you're having your first start at Minnesota In on a night, night game, right. I right. think the I think the um, the pressure is going to get to him. Okay. And I do think that there will be mistakes. I actually want to see more from the defensive side than okay. anything else. Okay. Because I think that this is going to be more of a defensive struggle because you have Tanner Morgan at quarterback on the other side who won 10, 11 games last year. Mm -hmm. You do have an experienced wide receiver on the other side. I think that's the part where if this game gets out of hand, if it gets 10-0 Minnesota early, yeah. then Joe Moon has to play from behind and it's his first start and a night game on the road. Right. I think it could be a big problem. So for Milton himself, I want him to start early. I mm -hmm. want him to start fast, unlike at all previous years where they soft really slow. And that's mm -hmm. mid Tennessee State. Right. But I do think that they're not going to start out fast on offense. Mm -hmm. So that means the defense has to really pick it up right. and really slow him down so Milton can get his feet in. If right. Milton can, if it's like halftime and it's like ten to ten, yeah. I think they're perfectly fine because I think Milton. After the first half, he can get settled, settled in. Right. But if it's an early, like if Terry Morgan throws two touchdowns early, it's 14-0. Yeah. Milton's going to get all flustered yeah. as his first start. And I think it's going to be a big problem for them. Right. And then that's something, obviously, to keep in And we saw that a lot, you know, last year with Middle Tennessee State. Even Army last year, right? Michigan's mm -hmm. offense did not look great. Now, your second year in this offense as well for some of these guys. So that also helps yeah. quite a bit, right? Gaddis, I think their offense, I will say their offense started to play better as the season progressed last year, mm -hmm. um, obviously when you played Ohio State and you get embarrassed once again, it's kind of like it's hard to see some of those things. So that's that's I will say I will give Michigan some credit on the defensive side of the ball though. You know we we've talked about this for the past couple seasons where it's like okay wow you lose Jordan Lewis you lose this guy you lose that you lose Josh Uche now you lose Rashawn Gary which as we all were pointing out that didn't really matter. But point is is that you lose some of these bigger names these bigger starters on your team and you go 
man, I don't know how the hell they're gonna they're gonna backfill that position, right? They've always seemed to come out and have a and have a pretty respectable defense, regardless of who's out there. Right now, we've we've had complaints, obviously, and there's rightfully so about in the big games when they play Ohio State in these in these crucial matchups. But overall, I will say that Don Brown and Harbaugh both have have done a nice job of not only recruiting. But also getting their defense ready to play early on, right? I, you know, we've seen it before where that defense has had to basically carry at times, you know, mm-hmm. in order to get to where you needed to be. However, you know, it's just the big moments that we seem to be coming up short in. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's switch. Let's switch a little bit to Michigan State here, just real quick. Uh, new coach, no Mark D'Antonio sitting there, um, which is extremely interesting to me. It's going to be very weird to see somebody else on that sideline, except for that cranky old man walking up and down mm-hmm. the road. But. Um, you know, they open up with against oh, Rutgers, right? Is that who they open up against, right? You know, you don't even know. Do they have a starter officially yet? Have they named somebody? Does anybody know if they've actually actively named a starter? Is it still that the quarterback? Yeah. Probably Rocky Lombardi. Is it, is it Lombardi? I don't know for sure. But okay. That's... Well, right now Peyton Thorne is oh. scheduled to start, it okay. looks like. But okay. I guess it's it one be. of them, too. Okay, for sure, right? So a little bit of question marks there. I'm sure Michigan State fans can yell at me because I'm not following up on all the Spartans stuff, right? But Mel Tucker coming over from Colorado. You had a shortened kind of recruiting season as well. You got a lot of leftover from that bad Michigan State team that we saw last year, right? You don't have a lot of playmakers on this team um, that like that necessarily jump out off, of, off the page at the moment. Um, Mike, talk to me about what you expect to see out of the Spartans. I mean, you're opening up against Rutgers. That's probably going to be a win. Rutgers is really, really bad mm-hmm. every year. Uh, but then they play Michigan. Then they've got, what, Iowa, Indiana, Maryland. I mean, those aren't necessarily gimme games, you know, yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. So um, talk to me about what you're expecting to see out of the Spartans, you know, coming out. New coach, new systems, yeah. new everything. I mean, I think they strongly benefit from one actually having an extended – off season, off season having an extra month and a half of yes. not having to start in September, being able to wait till mid October to start their games, Correct. and also playing Rutgers Week One is like playing to a certain extent like a Ball State or like yes, whatever sure. you want to call it. It's kind of yep. not to discredit Rutgers because they are in the Big Ten, but Rutgers is definitely one of the very least teams they're probably, in the division, they're the worst team in the and they're Big probably Ten. pretty much the worst team in the Big Ten, maybe. Yeah, probably the worst team. Um, but anyway. They're really bad. But so it's a very nice start for a not as well-developed. Like if Michigan played them week one, I don't think it would do them that much because no. they just go, okay, right, We're so, going to blow these guys out. Yeah, we're going to blow them out. Play the Spartans, and that's a game where like you got to be ready for Yeah, that's for the it, first right? game that you'd be ready for. Mm-hmm. I think for Michigan State, though, since you're on a different level, you're not as you're not up at where Michigan's at. Mm-hmm. This is a nice warmer game to see. If you do have if you do start the Peyton kid, he's a freshman out there. So right, it's right. his first game of live football action. What would you what, what would you rather do, right? Would you rather just start the freshman? Because I was always a big fan of that when, when Michigan was starting to shade that second year. I was on the McCaffrey train because I was like, you've already seen what Shea can do. Yeah. It ain't great. We might yeah. as well try this other kid. If you're not expecting to go to the Final Four anyway, like we might as well figure out what you have rather than go with the quote-unquote experience and try to win five, six games. Yeah, well, if Peyton Thorne is going to be your legitimate starter, like if you're not going to even start Lombardi, yeah, then, then you might as well, you might as well just him. roll with him through yeah. the Rutgers game and then roll with him the rest but of the like, year. But, like, yeah, for this game, though, right, like for, like, starting off the season, do you do you go with the more experience? Or because no, of the, the fact that you're not probably going to be a very good football team anyway, if you're a Michigan State fan, you can crucify me, all that, yeah. for all you want. But <laughs> let's look at it for facts, right? I don't expect them to be competing for a yeah. Big Ten championship at the end of this. Yeah. Well, no, I even look at it like if they're playing, like if they would have played Indiana week one, I think yeah. you'd go with whoever you really think like yeah. is the true better quarterback. But if you're playing Rutgers week one, which you are, I think you can, you're can. you way more flexible in who you want to play. Mm-hmm. So I would play I would play the freshman starter because if he comes in and he looks really good and he looks confident, right. then he can be your guy going forward. But if you play... Even if he looks okay, quite frankly. Yeah. But if you, if you play Lombardi, who's a junior, and he looks great, but that's not your intended starter for the rest of the year, yeah. then you just miss that opportunity playing a not-as-good team. Right. And then you're going to go against Michigan and play the freshman game, and he's going to get his mind blown off because Michigan's right. such a better team. Right, exactly, for sure. Kyle, talk to me about the, about this potential Michigan Michigan State matchup a little bit here. You know, it's it's funny where you know it's gonna be week two and we've already got this big game. Usually we've got some time to to build it up to talk about it a little bit more, but that's just not how this year has been going on. So I mean, did you think it, who does it benefit from having such an early game? You know, this early on does it benefit Michigan State? Does it benefit Michigan just because on on paper they look like to be the better team? You got two probably new quarterbacks starting for both guys. Defense is in shambles. You're changing schemes. You're doing all this stuff. Who does it benefit? 
Yeah, I got a few things on Michigan State, actually. I mean, first of, well, first of all, Michigan, Michigan State, like, you got Michigan Michigan State starting with Rutgers, probably the worst team in the Big Ten. And you got yeah. Michigan playing Minnesota. So you got two opposites. So you, who would that benefit? I don't know. If you I think it helps Michigan team. to be playing Minnesota, yeah. I think, oh, a little 100%. bit. Because but that, like, was, that was my other point, was that yeah. if you're Michigan State, you're going to play Rutgers, cool, you know, new coach, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to be Getting his first win. Woot, woot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but then you, next week you go play Michigan, and you, you're playing guys who weigh 100 pounds more. In every position, and you got you got ball hawks everywhere. Like, like hey, you, we're talking about Rutgers, like they're like JV high school. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they look like. I'm just going off with that. Listen, like. I get it. I know. Yeah. I know what you mean. But and it's with funny. the and with the quarterbacks, with the quarterback thing, I definitely suggest that they do go with the the freshman because you're you're probably you everyone's expecting that to be very good. Yep. So if you go throw put in the growing pains, baby, growing pains, things don't go well. It's okay. It's whatever. It's not like you were anybody expected you to go to the Big Ten championship. Right. So I definitely think so. But if you go week one and you still don't know who your your starting starter is, yeah. and you got to go against Michigan, I guess that could be a problem for sure. But I think Michigan will handle it pretty nicely, especially playing Minnesota on the road week one. Okay, let's do this real fast here. Give me your predictions, Kyle. Start with you for this week one matchup against Minnesota. Uh, we all agree that the Spartans are probably going to beat Rutgers, right? That's probably yes. the best draw they could have had, you know, yeah. getting that pro- getting the Mel Tucker era off to the right start. Um, who do you think wins this game? It's hard, right? Because, like, I, I, I it, it's for me, it's difficult because I'm like, I, I want to believe that Joe Milton is going to be like a, a, a going to be a stud, mm-hmm. but Harbaugh has not shown the propensity right now to make quarterbacks look any better than what they did when they first got here. So it's been very frustrating from that regard. So I'm having a difficult time picking Michigan in this one. So I'll let you start though. It's, it's hard because sometimes Michigan will go into season play a good team early in the season, but that team will just end up being like fake, and they'll blow them out by forty in a row. But I. God, I don't know. Minnesota is, is Minnesota allowing fans? Are they allowing fans or no? Do we do we have? Any I don't think anyone's allowing. They're not. Fans. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. They're weird out there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think the whole Big Ten committee is like no one can have fans. I okay, think. I got gotcha. you. So that that, that does play a factor then for sure. You know, yeah, like yeah. you're not the, the crowd noise and people spitting on you and whatever else goes on in the college football yeah, game. With all five thousand of them that yeah. would be there anyway. Yeah. They're, they're all gonna spit. On yeah. You. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go twenty eight twenty one Michigan. He's such a homer. Right? Like, uh, yeah, it hurt yeah. so I bad. He's like, uh, <laughs> I, listen, I get it. I thought the Lions were going to be good this year. Look how dumb of an idiot I am. Uh, Mike, who are you going with? Uh, I'm taking Minnesota. Um, Score? By 31-21, Minnesota. 31-21? Yeah, I'll take it by 10. Yeah, I'm going to... Prob- I just think Tanner Morgan is there. I'm gonna lean toward, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to lean towards Minnesota just a little bit. It, it's It's... I got to see it, unfortunately, yeah. right? Like, if they're playing almost anybody, like, if they were playing Indiana, I'd be like, I'd say Michigan probably has it, right? Yeah. You know, if they were playing Rutgers, obviously. If they were playing a lot of other teams, I'd probably do it. But Minnesota's on one of those up-and-coming swings, right? P.J. Fleck doing some great things out there. You're on the road. Even though there is no fans, it's still going to be a tough place to play. It's a night game, big time, you know. And you, you just don't know right now. If Michigan goes out, and they're and they're just like this offense looks like Ohio State's and they're just running up and down the field with no problems. I'll I'll be the first one to say my bad, right? And then I'll have a lot a, a huge different level of optimism for this football team. But I gotta see it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give Minnesota the edge. I'm gonna say it's 24-21. Um, and I, I don't think that Minnesota I don't I don't think they're gonna blow the doors off them by any means. I think I, I just don't see that happen. And if it does. Then we're in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. early on. But I, I, I'm, until I see it, I'm going to give the edge to Minnesota. Um, real quick, just talking about the Big Ten as a whole here. You know, I want to talk about specifically <laughs> Ohio State. Just real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to be they're going to be up there. They're going to be ready to go. Do you expect any regression out of Ohio State this year? You lost a couple people. You know, you lose your running back. You, you lost some pieces. But do you expect them just to just reload like it's no, like every other year and just yeah. run right through it? And might as well just give them the damn trophy now. Um. Yes, but to, <laughs> he's like, yes. Um. To, to be the precise answer, yes. yes. Um. But I will say a lot of the credit goes to Justin Fields for it, though, yeah. because I think I think when you have and I think Clemson is in that same spot where. You have Trevor Lawrence in his freshman year. He goes out and wins a championship. Now, for two years, you're pretty much like, all right, so whatever problems you have, Trevor Lawrence can goes fix away. that little goes problem away. for those two years. <laughs> Justin Fields is doing that for Ohio State right now where yeah. you could lose a couple defensive pieces. You could lose your running back. But now that you have Justin Fields who has experience as a very good quarterback, he can kind of take away those 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. hurting pains of losing some guys, which yeah. is what I'm really hoping Joe Milton can do for us next year. But we'll see. And they just recruit so well, I'm sure. And they, they recruit so well that Chris Olave's son like next year, I'm sure. Yeah, out there Chris running. Olave's son yeah. next year. Yeah, just yeah, out there sure. running. Yeah, for sure. Dying. Is that a seven-year-old yeah. right now? Is that a seven-year-old? <laughs> and he's faster than who? Yeah, okay. Oh, look good. at that. He just burned another Michigan corner. Huh. Yeah. What'd they run? Uh, they crossers. Crossers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's one of those things to where I, I think Ohio State now has built up the reputation I'll, in the inverse to Michigan, right? Where we're kind of a wait-and-see for Michigan right now. It's everybody. Michigan is the Dallas Cowboys of college football. They are the they are the most talked about team who is expected to do these great things, and they always are just average, right? So Ohio State is that team where you're, they're the New England Patriots of it, where it's just like they're going to be good, and there's no real bones about it, unfortunately, right? So it's it's going to be interesting for sure. This 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 Big Ten season is going to be weird for sure. No um, weeks off, guys. Yeah, good. for sure. From the twenty fourth. Let me ask the- you this before we go to break here, Kyle. Start with you. Does Michigan versus Ohio State, because we haven't seen anybody play yet, does that game matter this year? And what I mean by that, does that have any sort of implication for Big Ten title game, anything like that? Well, no. no. No? You don't think no. so? No, I think Michigan will be too far behind <clears throat> by then. Like, I don't think it... I agree. Yeah. yeah. I 100% I, agree, because yeah. I think... Like I said, I think they right. lose to Minnesota, and I think they're going to lose to either Wisconsin, Wisconsin and State. or Penn State, yeah. and that's two losses. I don't think Ohio State. Like will have unless two like Joe Milton is like the next greatest yeah. thing, which I'd be. If Cam, love, it, it, listen, love. if he goes out and has a Cam Newton type yeah. of year, and you're yeah. like, all right, yeah, now we got bad. something rolling. Yeah, I just, I just, I just right now, I just, you know, I don't yeah, I think I think they'll be two or three games behind Ohio State, so okay. it'll be like. It yeah, don't matter, do. but I'm talking about like in terms of like yeah, like uh, like yeah. we're gonna yeah, win, right. like winner gets the Big Ten title kind of thing. I right. don't think it'll be like that. No, okay, no, all right. And then it'll be the year that they beat them because they're like yeah, exactly, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're five and two going into this, and, and they're yeah. seven and zero. Oh, so let's <laughs> yeah. just upset let's them beat them, even though they've already guaranteed a spot in the final. Yeah. <laughs> right, for sure. All right. That's going to be it for Big Ten Talk. Really looking forward to the game next week, obviously, just to see. We're just happy Big Ten football is back, quite frankly. It's kind of hard for me to get into the rest of college football without having, you know, like that air, you know, the Big Ten playing at the same time. It just feels like it's incomplete for whatever reason. So, yeah. um, I, I don't love watching Clemson steamroll everybody, but. Yeah, 73-7. to seven. Like, just imagine. Man, when your punter throws a touchdown, you know you're good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, that's a five-star punter. Yeah. <laughs> he kicks the ball really. That's I mean, Ray Guy it. version, too. No, that's funny. Um, yeah, uh, we'll obviously talk about the Final Four stuff as we progress further into it. You know, it looks like Bama's back on track. You know, Georgia dropping another big game. Shocker, I know. Um, they're turning into the Michigan of the SEC, just mm-hmm. so you know. It's kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff as the season progresses and if that Michigan-Ohio State game means anything at all. <laughs> Mike is severely. What if the, I'm gonna laugh, man? They're both gonna be seven and zero, and everyone's like, "This is the year," and then it's still fifty to twelve. Yeah. Um. That's gonna be it for the part one of this week's show. After the break, we're gonna be talking some NBA action for the last time, probably for a little bit until the draft comes around. Um. Mike and Kyle are in all of their glory right now, and then we're also gonna be talking a little bit of New Japan action. Uh, with that G1 Climax tournament wrapping up as well. So stick for stick around for all that great stuff after the break. Hey guys, about the Michigan Ramadaika here. Episode 99 is halfway through, which means that we are right on the cusp of episode 100. We here at the show could not be more excited to bring you guys episode 100. It's going to be a little bit of a different show for you guys to kind of commemorate the first 99 episodes of the show. We really appreciate all the support. If you could, please give us a like and a follow um, on YouTube, on, on all of your streaming services that you listen to us on. Make sure to share our episodes with all of your friends and go buy the shirt at belowthecollar.com forward slash I'm always right PC. On behalf of the Whaleman, the Merc Sound, and myself, we really appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. And now here's part two of episode 99. And welcome back to part two of episode 99 of the I'm always right sports podcast. Uh, let's jump right in here. Let's talk some basketball action here. I'm spitting all over my computer. I'm so excited. Um, I don't even know why. I'm not even a Lakers fan, but here we are. Um, your, <laughs> your Los Angeles Lakers are your 2020 NBA champions. Lebron gets his fourth ring. He gets his fourth MVP. Everybody's happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, not everybody either. You're really happy. You're really, really not. One of the two. Um, 
You know, the or you or you're Rob and you just don't care. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I just wanted to see a good series. I just wanted it to go seven, and then I didn't care. But you guys are both like, no, 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 no. no. Put them in the ground. Put them yeah, in the ground. Put them in the ground. That game six is good. <laughs> if I don't have any team that I care about, then I like if the Lions win the Super Bowl, I go, no, I want to blow out. I want the blowout. Just, just do it. I want just dead. I want to blow game. Yeah. Looking <laughs> <laughs> like, like watching it over again. Yes, but at the time where there's no stress, I'm stressed for regular season games. I can't imagine they're in the Super Bowl. You have to put me in the hospital. Just like. Pre-check me in. What's going on? Lions are in the Super Bowl. Please turn the game on and please have me hooked up. Game. Have me have, have, have me hooked up to some sort of, he drops of, it. <laughs> of defibrillator or something just in case I die. But until that time comes, here we are. Um, well, don't give me a heart attack for them just because I keep losing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Lakers win it. You know, LeBron gets his fourth ring, yada, yada, yada. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I don't want to get into the LeBron-Jordan talk. It's a lot like politics in the sense where... You know, if you are a LeBron guy, then you're always going to be a LeBron guy. There is nothing a Jordan fan can say. Oh, let me finish, and then I'll go with that. I'll let you go. There's nothing a Jordan fan can say to sway you otherwise. Similarly, if you are a Jordan guy, you will never think that LeBron is better than Jordan. It's just how it is, right? You can throw numbers. You can do whatever you want. It, it, it it's somewhat I think it's a little bit generational too. I, I I will say that as well, where it's like if you saw Jordan in the prime, you go. I'll never see anybody like this, right? And there's no way you ever will, right? Same thing with LeBron, I think, in some regards. You're like, I'm never going to see this again, right? The, the combination of what you're seeing, you're never going to see it again until the sun plays for the Pistons. So <laughs> until that time comes, you're just not going to see it. So we're not going to get into that discussion. You can watch First Take and let Nick Wright go crazy all over himself about it. I don't care. It's it's a it's a it's a terrible it's a it's a terrible argument that never gets a resolution. Kyle, what were you going to say? I was going to say that yeah. before the series started, I told myself if LeBron lost the series, then I would have to say that you he can wasn't concede good, that he wasn't go because you did tell me that after you, they lost to Portland. Yeah, if you're you gonna, if you're going to lose to this Miami Heat team, you're going to be three and seven in the final. Like I just like I just so, can't. I'm the like, biggest. Like, well, like if he goes like just real quick, if he goes to a finals next year and they lose to a team, just name any team. It doesn't matter, right? Whether it's the finals or not, and he doesn't win a championship next year. Does that mean that does that does it mean the same? Why does well, why did number four matter if compared to? Three or five. Well, like if you're playing, well, I mean, if you're I mean, you were the like, favorite. I get that, but like, like the Nets and KD and Kyrie compared to like this Miami Heat team. I'd rather, I think the Miami Heat team would still have a better shot. I'm not a Durant guy though. I I've really soured on Durant to like hundred like, percent. Like Jimmy Butler had to die in oh yeah one game five yeah to, to, no. to give him another game and then he yeah. like was died. dead like yeah. he right. could not do anything for sure for sure yeah I get it just well that's a, that's a discomfort for maybe another another time um but I do want to talk about the Mike is very confused yes. why why are you so confused no I just I just literally disagree with that entire statement but we don't have to get into it. What do you mean? What I just disagree that if if he lost again, that you would concede him as the goat or or whatever you. Yeah. I, yeah, but I, I, like, I totally disagree with that. Like just how like I know that you like you don't want to argue rings, but like how do you lose to this? My like if you like blew that lead three one lead. The team that decimated everyone in the East. Well, yeah, yeah I'm not. No, I'm not saying yeah. like. Are you saying that they lost? Yeah, they lost down the three series. one or they whatever. Lost, yeah. I think if they lost the series, period. Yeah, we're the favorite. You both like, saw through everybody. I, I think that at the end of the day, I think that that that, that I'm not we're not gonna get into it. But the point is, is that it wouldn't have looked good. Let's put it that way. It wouldn't have looked good. Anyway, point being, I, but once that, that goes to my point though, right? It's like he they, they could have lost that series, and you're still gonna think regardless that he's the best. So the 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 conversation is moot to be to be quite honest with you. And for the four people who think Kobe's the greatest of all time, he was awesome. <laughs> but like, can we can we stop, please? Can we stop? Yeah. Like you got a better argument for Magic Johnson. I'm just saying, but it's fine. But yeah, you know, at least you know, at least Magic Johnson was the greatest point guard of all time. Kobe didn't even was in the same no. position even as Jordan, so yeah. it's already second. So yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you want to go that route with it, it's like jeez. Um, all right. Anyway, as we're talking, and obviously Darko is clearly number one in all of our hearts, so we'll go that route. But <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about though. Let's let's talk about. I want to talk about the Lakers here for just a second. Okay. Right. This team we talked about at the beginning of the year was built up of a lot of short-term contracts, a lot of veterans hopping on the LeBron bandwagon. J.R. Smith has never been happier to never actually play a game. Thank God. Um, you know, Rajon Rondo is there on a short-term deal. Thank we don't God. know the future of Kyle Kuzma. Caruso, you don't know. Um, you got a lot of guys, right, that just yeah. are just kind of here. But, like, right now I think the roster is going to look like LeBron, AD, and then blank, 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 blank. You know what I mean? So there's just not a nothing after that. So with that being said, 
what is the blueprint for this Lakers team to get back? Uh, we've heard some rumors that maybe Derrick Rose is going to get traded there. We've heard some rumors that maybe uh, uh, Chris Paul, I was going to say Paul George for a second. I'm like, wow, you want to kill your team? Get, get, get Paul George. Um, that Chris Paul could be possibly traded there, which I don't know salary cap-wise how they would do that because Anthony Davis has already opted out and he's already said he's going to resign. So unless he's going to take less money, which is the dumbest thing ever, then why would you? Regardless, um, we've heard that rumor as well. You know, give me a blueprint, Mike, for how this Lakers team gets back, or if they can get back, depending on what other moves happen. Because I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of movement here this mm-hmm. next offseason. Um, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> Chris Paul would be great to have yeah. uh, to add another Do you think that would, Do you think that would hinder them a little bit, though, with like the rest of the roster? Like, because like that's a lot of money. Because Chris Paul's making a lot of money. I right mean, now. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. Yeah. It would, it, you'd have to depend on how the money works. Really, all you really need on this team is just shooters. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's literally the point. Yeah. If you can get three or four really good shooters, yeah. that team will be perfectly fine because that's exactly how LeBron team, LeBron James teams roll. And with AD in the paint and LeBron being able to drive as well as he does, if you can get three good perimeter shooters around him, where he can kick mm-hmm. out if they. Cl- Collapse or whatever, and they can actually make the shots. <laughs> Danny Green, make the shot. Um, then that's all they need. So whether you get guys on one-year contracts for like a million dollars, as long as they're consistently can make the three, yep. that's all you really need for this team. That's all they need. That's all they that's need. That's really all they need. All right, all right, all right. So Kyle, tell me what 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 is your roadmap? Is it is it the same as Mike's? Do you do you expect them to make a trade for another huge name like a Chris Paul or something like that, or is it more? The the smaller deals, getting maybe a Derrick Rose instead of a Chris Paul instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I may, I agree with Mike for the most part. It would be nice to get Chris Paul, but he's obviously expensive, and so is LeBron and AD. So I don't really know how that worked out. But I also agree with um, getting like shooters because that's kind of what helped them get to the final with KCP, Danny Green. They played pretty well in the playoffs, in the play, not the finals, the playoffs. Okay, fair, fair, and. And so Dang I think you are just good. you are just on like full court press on Kyle today. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they I think they'll they'll lose Rondo, KCP, Kuzma maybe if they get a trade. And teams are also inter- interested in Dwight Howard, so they could trade for him too. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know the funny thing about the NBA is it's it's funny. It's the good te- the good teams just get richer every year because it's like all these guys that could play pivotal roles for teams that are maybe in the middle of the pack. That like could help them up their like up their game. Like no 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 no. I'm gonna take, you know, seven dollars and a ham sandwich in order to play on this championship team. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things where it's hard if you're a team like Detroit where you're trying to build this team to get to that point when you have no real viable options to help you supplement your bench and to supplement even a spot or two on your starting roster because everyone's just ring chasing now to to the to the highest degree that we've ever seen. Before it was like, all right, you're going to sign, you know, Shaq's going to go to the Celtics because he thinks they got a shot at, you know, he's going to be a role player. Now it's like, you've got seven guys that are all just like, no, I'll sign for $12. I'll, I'll definitely sign for $12. Jared Smith's like, I won't get a job unless I play on LeBron James' team. So, you know, you see these guys, it's just, it's it's very hard for teams to really build a, a consistent winner anymore because of that, right? Where you're yes. seeing a lot of important veteran guys going out there and going, nope, I will play seven minutes as long as those seven minutes don't require me to do anything, and as long as LeBron James is on the floor, so I really don't have to do anything. Like, it's just it's difficult for sure. Um, talking about some other teams here, you know, let's let's jump on this on this Clippers train here. Let's just stay in LA. They hired Ty Lue, uh, so which I don't understand at all. I don't get it at all, and I don't know how you guys feel, Mike. I'm gonna start with you, but I'm of the opinion that they are going to completely waste Kawhi Leonard. All, for the next four years, basically, and they they are farther now from a championship, even though they're technically closer. They've never been farther away. Uh well, I would like what just... what like like with what the rest of the league is going to be doing, they're not going to be able to compete. Um, yes, to a certain extent, um, I agree with you. After you say that. Because I think they were closer like last year. Right, right. That's the thing. And, and now they've never like as a contender, as a contender, yeah. it's going to make the playoffs consistently. They're not even close. Like from what yes. what this roadmap is, it doesn't yeah. look good. Yeah, no. Ty Lue's never been the coach me because in Cleveland he gets a ring because he has LeBron and then forgets that he has a timeout in a finals game. Yeah. So ever since that moment, that that playoff game really hindered a lot of players in my mind to me and a lot of coaches in my mind to me. <laughs> so. Um, 
Ty Lue going there, I mean, for me personally, yeah, perfectly if you're a LeBron fine. Fan, if you're a LeBron you're, fan, you're it's thrilled. perfectly fine because I don't think Ty Lue's the guy. I think Ty Lue can be a very good coach at times, but I think when it comes down to key situations and key, like, all right, we really got to put this together, I don't think he's the guy to be able to take you over that hump. What and if, the problem yeah. is I don't think Kawhi – I think you're really entrusting Kawhi with a lot of that ability, and Kawhi can't do that either. Yeah. The thing that worked well in Cleveland was if Ty Lue can do it, LeBron could do it. The problem is if, you, if your star player and your coach can't do it, then it's not a good match. Well, not only that, you're looking at it, like, what is Ty Lue bringing, adding to this team, right? That's right. like, you know, what is he giving you that Doc Rivers couldn't? Poor game management? check yeah. right being able to not really draw up the play needed and being able to manage the game in an efficient way getting the most out of your guys none of that is happening with Ty Lue on the bench for you guys right like it's just not it's just not happening right and you're you're already stuck with Paul George and his suck ass out there trying to shoot 65 threes a game only making three of them waste of space so it's like in your you know you're in salary cap hell you gave up your entire future to get this combination of picks or these guys together so you can make a run at a championship and you better hope lebron breaks a leg or something because otherwise i don't see how you you're even competing right now quite frankly and it, like they didn't go out i, I would have been more like intrigued if they would have went out and said all right you know we're gonna go and try and make a play for greg popovich right even though even if he's not going if i would have heard rumors of like we're gonna try and go get the best of the best possible coaches out there right like you know they would have tried to go get a billy donovan or somebody who can make more of out of less then i'd be a little more encouraged to go all right now you've got to even hell mike d'antoni right i mean you you take a good rockets team you elevate them up a level where they're a game away from going to the finals and beating that great warriors team you know, he steps down. Why not try to go after that guy, a guy who's an offensive genius to maybe get other people involved? Nope. We're going to get this, uh, just an assistant coach from the old regime who is, it was really proven nothing outside of having LeBron James as his best player. I just don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Speaking of making a lot, of, not a lot of sense to me, the 76ers, they hired Doc Rivers, right? And it's like, okay, you got Brett Brown who, who, who couldn't get them over the hump, right? But now you're going to entrust Doc Rivers a guy who literally had a better team, n- couldn't get them over the hump, loses to a worse Denver Nuggets team, and somehow you expect him to elevate Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and all these guys? I mean, Kyle, talk to me about that. Like, what is the rationale if you're an NBA executive thinking, nope, Doc Rivers, he's the guy that's going to take us to the next level, even though the last seven years he hasn't made it out of the second round and we couldn't, we keep losing in said second round? What is the logic there? Like, cause I am, I'm dumbfounded. I, honestly, when I look at it, I, it's just I, like I a cyclical know. amount. Of, cause like I, I think, I think Doc Rivers like has kind of put on this pedestal where he really shouldn't. Yeah, be. he won a championship yeah. with the first real super team ever. Yeah, and they won a championship. Congratulations! And then after that, proceeded to get worse and worse until he got fired. And then he gets to, to the Clippers, where they already have guys ready to go, and he then proceeds to destroy that team too. I don't get it. So I think he's just kind of up on that pedestal where I, he used to be. But he won a championship. Yeah. Whoa. So I. So I. I. But honestly, I. I don't. I don't get it. I. I, I, I like. You know. I'm like. No offense, but I think Dwayne Casey's a better coach. Quite frankly, I think he's doing more with less. I like Dwayne Casey. I think. Brad, obviously, Brad Stevens, Nick Nurse, some of these guys. I mean, good lord, I would. I just don't get it. Is it is it the name value for you? Do you think that's why these guys are the? I just feel like it's just like a constant cycle of the same thirty coaches just getting hired and moving around to different teams. You know what I mean? You just don't. You don't. No one. There's no change. I don't get no, it. It's I, not. I, and it's. I think they're hoping for something magical to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Uh, let's talk about the Bucks here for a second, right? Giannis. You know, we we talked about that a little bit and how he should be mentioned even close and in sort of MVP race for a while. Um, but at the same time, right? There's there's been a lot of rumors surrounding him, right? You've heard rumors that Dallas is gonna push hard to go get him. You've heard that Golden State is is thinking about it. You've Heat. heard the Heat are trying to go get him as well. Um, I mean, do you expect Giannis to be on the move? I know he's got another year left, but do you expect him to be on the move here at some point during the next offseason or season? Because if you're the Bucks, they didn't fire their coach, right? So they didn't get a chance to hire Doc Rivers and lose in the second round again. Mm-hmm. So you you know you're sticking with the coach, so it's not the coach's fault. He did not play particularly well in the in the playoffs, and 
you know, I don't know what like if you're the Bucks, do you think that maybe it's just time to maybe restart a little bit here? But if you're the Bucks, you're also like we've never been this close ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I see me personally, I would think Giannis would move because I don't think you're going to be able to get over the hump in Milwaukee no. with the teams that are there right now. No. But however, for how Giannis is as a person, yeah. I don't think he would leave. You don't think he would? No, like he's, you, I guess let me phrase the question. Not that is does he want to, but do you think the Bucks actively move him? I do not think the Bucks would actively no. move him. I think it would be one of the worst moves ever to move him. Like, even if you're even if you think he's leaving after that after this year, like say they lose let's say they don't get to the finals next year, yeah. right? And they don't win, and then you lose him. It's it's the similar it's the similar thing to Anthony Davis, right? Yeah. In a lot of aspects, right? Where Anthony even though Anthony Davis said, No, I want to leave, yeah. right? The difference being if you're the Pelicans, you go, Yeah, but if we lose him, you know, like we want to keep him. He's our best player yeah. ever, basically. And it's like, okay, but he doesn't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. We're not getting there. If you're the Bucks, you go, well, he's just going to leave anyway because we didn't win it again. Well, the problem well, if he Gian- comes out and says, like, yeah, I want well, That's to leave. the problem is Giannis has said that he wants to stay and sign a long-term right, right. deal with Milwaukee. Right. So with that process, you can't automatically go, well, now what if he does leave? Like, you have to assume that he's truthful to his yeah. word. You need to get him locked up beforehand is what you need to do if, yeah. you're, if you're Milwaukee, but I don't think you're going to be able to. Do you think that there's any sort of deal that though any of those three teams could make that, that would help land him, right? Because, I mean, look at what the Lakers gave up for – for um for Anthony Davis, they were in a benefit. They benefited a lot because they had a high couple picks, right? They had some spots that they could move. I, none of these teams really, especially the Heat. The Heat don't have like a like a plethora of you know. Was, the, the Miami Heat are the only team I think that could even have a chance at trying for him because you could maybe give up a a Tyler Hero or a whatever right. you know like you you have younger pieces that have played in this finals right. that have actually played very well like Drogic mm-hmm. you could probably throw him out there Jay Crowder you could throw him in there mm-hmm. if you need to like there are people on Miami's roster I don't think the Warriors have a deep enough roster right now no they have picks they, they have, have picks, picks and space yeah. and space but yeah. they don't have the roster moves right. sure. like you'd have to give up a, a Clay Thompson or a you know, They'd be like, you can take Draymond. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, you can give and up. nobody Draymond. wants Draymond. But no one wants Draymond. Yeah. And I think the Mavs don't also have the deep enough pieces because outside of Luka and Porzingis, they don't have the deep yeah. cut in the bench. Yeah. Like and you saw it in the playoffs where Luka has played 45 minutes against the Clippers right. because every time he comes off, it's like Trey Burke's not really doing it for you. Or right. Right. You know, exactly. Seth Curry's yeah. not really Tim doing Hardaway it for you. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not playing like yeah. he could be. So right. I think the Miami Heat are the only pe- people that it's like, hey, the Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson kind of guys. Like, right. if you, like, I don't think it would be a good move to get rid of them, per but, se. Yeah, it's the thing. It's like, where, you, where's the line at? Because yeah. those guys play pivotal minutes and exactly. got you where you got to be. Yeah, you know? they, g- they give you those pivotal minutes, but at the same time, it's like, for Giannis, do you, would you give up one or both of those kind of assets? Right. And those are assets I think Milwaukee would be like, listen, we got Tyler Hero, a 21-year-old kid who's right. He's going to face right the franchise. You got Middleton. He's going to be our ball yeah, yeah, guy. You, we get a couple picks. Picks out of it. I, I wouldn't right. I wouldn't see no, but you right. know what I mean? It's, so, hard, it's hard to justify that, right, yeah. for sure. So it's very interesting for sure. Let's talk about the Warriors here just quickly. Um, <laughs> you know, Clay Thompson's going to be back. Seth's going to be healthy. Um, you know, they got a lot of space. They got a top five pick. You know, I don't know whether they even they could, they may not even make that pick. They could trade down very easily. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more should, NBA but... draft later on. Um, but where do you see this Warriors team? Do you see them coming back? Are they going to be another force again? Because they don't have the same, it's not the same roster anymore. You know, you don't have Iguodala coming off the bench. You don't have the Sean Livingston's to make play pivotal roles for you off the bench. You got, Anthony or Andrew Wiggins or whatever his name is yeah. playing for you. I, I think they'll still be very solid. Yeah. And um I mean, are they like a three seed for you? Are they a four? Are they a five? Because like the West is, you know, you look at the West, the top half, it's really good. Because the Clippers will be there, you know. I mean they're uh four? Three, four seed. You think Dallas is three right now? Mm-mm. What do you think? No, it's uh Lakers, Denver, and uh the Houston. Oh, okay. Not even Clippers at all. No, Clippers are like four or five. No, oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, if Kawhi's going to take thirty-five games off, I mean, <laughs> and you have Paul George playing by himself, I mean, what do you? Oh, well, the regular season's not the problem. It's the playoffs. No, but that's what I'm saying though. Is they, if he takes 22, 25 games off, right. I mean, you have to think if other yeah. teams aren't going to be resting that much. I mean, and they're going to play them like yeah. you have to think. But... <laughs> that's that's my. I'm not like yeah. that's not dogging the Clippers. No, I know, I'm I know, saying I'm if you're going to rest your best player for 25, 30 games, you're yeah. not going to be. 
28 and 2 through those games. Like yeah. you're gonna be losing some of those games. For so sure. those are pivotal games. For sure. All right, now let's talk about the team we matter that we care about the most, the Detroit Pistons. What do you see? What's their ceiling next year? Huh? Huh? Um, depending on what they do in the draft. I hope they trade for I hope they trade Derrick Rose to the Lakers. Yes. What but here's the thing though, if they're gonna trade Derrick Rose, which I'm not necessarily opposed to, but he's also was their best player last year, obviously because Blake Griffin was hurt. But like what do you what do you need to get out of that though? Because if you're the Pistons, I'm not just gonna give Derrick Rose away in the offseason. I might wait to the trade deadline because if he's still playing well, then it's a whole different you know what I mean? Because he could have got rid of him last year if they wanted to. I, I really hope they get Kuzma. I hope they get Kuzma too. I think Kuzma was good on the Pistons. It'll, it'll just be a it'll be a great back and forth trade because the Lakers would get a really good point guard, uh, like a solid point guard, mm-hmm. and then Kuzma I think could be a really good like efficient score. Efficient score. Yeah. Because he tries to take a lot of shots. But on the Pistons does. team where you don't have a ball-dominant or right. one ball-dominant really player outside of the Lakers who have two, mm-hmm. I think Kuzma can get a lot more efficiency. His efficiency would I'd be, I'd be a little nervous if – I don't know if that would go straight up. And maybe it could. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't know. You know what I mean? But the problem is, is that if you're the Pistons, you're in a really good salary cap situation right now. So it's hard for – like if, if you're the Pistons, you go, man, I need assets, right? I need picks. I need something. And the Lakers don't have picks. That's so unless another team is somehow in the mix with that, yeah, maybe. you know what I mean. So the, and it all kind of worked, but I don't know if the Lakers are like, yeah, we're getting Derrick Rose, but he's he's forty on bad knees. You know, you're mm-hmm. getting a young yeah. So I don't know how it is, but that's that that could definitely be a move. You know, Canard potentially being on the move, which I'd be pissed about. Um, but the Pistons right now, you're looking at it a couple years from now, you could potentially be talking about the Pistons being in that you know four, five, six seed because of the way the East is, and all with the fact that a lot of cap space. A lot of potential, a lot of youth going on there. It's not the worst thing in the world to be mm-hmm. in right now. So they've been in worse spots like the last five years. So this could definitely turn out to be something interesting for sure. All right, last topic of the day. Kyle, you can shut down. <laughs> um, Kyle, you didn't watch any of it? You didn't watch the G1? No. He doesn't even know what it is. Oh, God, so it's like G6, the song? No. G6. <laughs> My car? Um. No, G1 Climax finished up uh, earlier this morning, actively. Um, you know, Kota Ibushi, back-to-back winner of the G1 Climax, Mike, beating fan-favorite Sonata. We're both big fans of him. Um, talk to me, Mike, about, you know, your thoughts. You know, was Ibushi the right guy? Uh, I was on the Sonata train, personally. I just liked the elevation of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I understand why Ibushi wins it. Does he actually go all the way this year as opposed to last year where not only did he lose once, he lost twice <laughs> back-to-back. Yeah. You know, Wrestle Kingdom is going to be two nights again this year. Um, you know, talk to me about this. Talk to me about this win. It's a huge win. He's yeah, only, he's no, only the third guy ever to win it back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally cool with him winning. I think S- Sonata has a really good chance of next year winning it because most guys get to the G1 their first year yep. and then win it. You know, us, us yep. next year, and I the year see a after, White Sonata final next year, yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think or Evil Sonata, quite frankly. But, yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, I think Kotobushi's the perfect person to win it. Um, I think he'll go on, and I think him and Naito will have a great match. Mm-hmm. Whether it's night one, night two, or whatever they decide to do with yeah, let me ask you about however that. they work yeah. that this let me year because it's that, not right? gonna be a double championship thing anymore. So I don't know. right. So like, do I, I'm interested to see what they do with the intercontinental and the world. Like, this is the biggest predicament that they kind of. I wish they honestly would have just after the match just went, hey, bylaws, you can't have the two major championships. Some no. random stupid thing. For him to drop the the IC title so that we can continue on with this, but now that he's continuously holding both championships, you're like, okay, um, do do you think it's for both again? Do do, do they do they oh. do that, or do you think that at some point they're gonna figure out a way night one to maybe have Naito defend the IC title compared to, and then night two is for the world. Well, I wouldn't like that because if night one is for the IC and say Kotobushi's like not on that card because. Mm-hmm he's only challenging for the world title or whatever, mm-hmm. then he has a distinct advantage over someone who had a fight back-to-back nights. Okay. So I would... Well, what if Abushi is still in, like, what if he's facing, just name a guy, right? Like, maybe But, yeah, like, I would like, because yeah. it's like, this match is the main event for the IC title. He's versus Jay White in yeah, a right. non-title... Right, whatever. ...squash match thingy-majigger that they're doing. Yeah. Not squash match, but, like, whatever right, kind sure. of match they're doing, where I think that's just a distinct disadvantage where you have to go... Naito goes through a war, and Kota Bushi can win or lose, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Unless it's for the G1 do you, thing. Do you like think that they case. could do it to where night one is Naito, Abushi, then night two, Abushi has to defend it again? 
they could definitely do that. But again, I wouldn't like it because yeah. wh- whoever he defends against, right. I'm like, well, that's what I'm saying. It's tough right now because that intercontinental championship match is a big piece yeah. of of that. I think you know? I think what's more likely is Kota Ibushi would have to defend his briefcase against someone he lost to mm-hmm. in the G1. Like mm-hmm. the biggest, I think he lost to Jay White or yeah. no, Will Jay White Os- started challenging in the next show. Oh, is he? Oh, so yeah. like Will Osprey? N- or, n- yeah, name a guy, name right, a guy, right, right, whatever, sure. and then. Uh, yeah. Naito defends his IC title against Sonata or some yeah. someone like or Kenta or something like that. Yeah. And then the next show would be for the world title. Yeah. So it gives them both something to do on the first night. Right. And, and they have meaningful matches because Kota can't lose the briefcase and then he doesn't want to lose the championship and then they go on. Right. I just need them to not. I just need them to break them up. And yeah. With it. Like it, it. just. It's kind of annoying at this point. Like mm-hmm. it's been a whole year and they haven't broke them up yet. Like, Maybe they'll never. Maybe they'll just make one. Maybe they'll just switch them out, like in WWE. And they'll just like, here's the title. Yeah. Give me back well, the title. Honestly, I would have rather them did the U.S. in the world because you can throw the U.S. in the freaking garbage because yeah. Moxley's still the champion, isn't he? Moxley's the longest U.S. champion. Yeah. yeah. And he's been there how many days? Zero. Zero. Exactly. So it's like, nah. But interesting enough, you know, I'm excited for Wrestle Kingdom. We're only a couple months away, really. You know, two and a half months. So. It's it's gonna be fun for sure. I like the two night concept. I think it's you know it gives you something. You're like okay, I'm ready to go. Let's go one, and then you're you're hyped up for night two. Um, you know it's something that I think WrestleMania is going to try. I wouldn't be shocked to see WrestleMania go to two days again this year as well because I know they're gonna try to do everything they can if they yeah. can have fans to to load that up. WrestleMania for me, I think is hard to do for two days. Oh, it's absolutely hard for two days. But they do have two world titles, which helps. No, not like match-wise yeah. perspective, just like yeah. having having the stadium for two days and yeah. having to fill all those people back in for two. Like oh, yeah. I feel like it's that's that's a major like yeah. I know they do a whole they week do, of like WrestleMania. Tokyo, it's stuff. a Tokyo Dome though. That's not that's not a small venue by any means. Yeah, they do but, it for two days too. We're talking like like ninety thousand people fitting in here. Yeah, yeah. I listen. I get it, but I I don't be shocked to see. Something oh, I wouldn't like be shocked. I mean, they did like, two parts last year. So well, I yeah, I think this year, that. especially because if they can have fans. Now I don't know if they will, but if they can, they are going to try to make whenever the first year that WrestleMania can have full capacity again. Yeah. That card well, is going to be loaded. Florida has full loaded. capacity now, don't they? Do they have full full capacity? Sure. Do they? Okay, or like seventy five percent capacity right now? Right. So I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do for that. But like, I would be like, that's gonna be the first time where you go, oh, like that's you know, like that's like bringing the rock oh, out. Thank God. Like kind of thing. Oh, God, it'd be so good at two days. What for WrestleMania? Oh yeah, no, it's exhausting for one. Yeah. I can't do it for two. Uh, that, they don't have um, enough content that I like for two day for one day they don't have enough things that matter yeah. for two days quite frankly that too yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so it's just whatever but all right that's gonna be it for this week's show like i said next week episode 100 is officially here we could not be more excited i'm so pumped for it we appreciate you guys sticking around for the ride episode 100 is be a little bit different uh we'll talk about that obviously next week when you guys are ready to go um, not as much sports, more history, some stories, and that kind of stuff. So I hope you guys dig it. I'll, I'll be really excited to present that stuff with you, with our guys here at the show. But we appreciate you guys and all the support. Episode 100 next week. He's the Whale Man. He's the Merc Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan. And we will see you guys, as always, next time.